What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm not going to save you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start recording. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, million dollar Miranda Morales here, your host of the Hashtag Miranda Show, which is a proud part of Chairshot Radio Network, which you can find on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Yes, we are a proud part of the Chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Like Butterfingers, huh? Butterfingers. Like, oops, oops. 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 Accidentally type it. Oops. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. So you know. Why not? Right. Yeah, gotta throw a little gotta throw a little wild card in there. A little bit of wild card. <laughs> never know. Yes. As always, I'm being joined by the producer, co-host, Kingpin of the Chairshot.com, the king of shit takes, the unstoppable one. And if you didn't know, he's also a wrestling promoter. The Reverend Greg DeMarco. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. That is right. We here. We We're are about here. to do this thing. Talk about some wrestling, maybe. Well, yeah, I would say you would. We are going to talk about wrestling. How well this goes, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, this week. We are going to be running down the card for AEW Double or Nothing happening this Saturday. What is this? This already tells you all that you need to know about this. So May 28th happening in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. AEW has announced nine matches for this card. And Greg and I are not regular viewers of AEW. No. Full disclosure. I'm not going to come here and claim to be an expert in anything or, you know, you can probably already tell by the way I talk in a lot of things that I, I don't watch wrestling as religiously or regularly as someone who has a podcast about wrestling does. But here we are, you know, I, I do. And 
I I have a podcast, so here here we are. Um, but I actually do really want to talk about Double or Nothing, and I want to go through this card with Greg. So for the six weeks episode, we're going to go through the nine announced matches thus far as of today of recording. There are nine. Who there knows are. what else is going to be put up uh, between now and then. But, you know, I do think there's some really interesting matches uh, to this card. Uh, I know Greg has some very interesting opinions about these matches, so we are going to go into it. And hey, a good old classic game of who should win, who will win, we may be dabbling in that as well. So giving AEW some love on this week's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. But before we get into it, speaking about giving some love, of course, we always got to give some love to IDW Impact Zone Wrestling right here in the great state of Arizona. Next show is in September. Kind of quite a ways away. I know. But you got to know what's happening with the Lions Cup in order to, you know, make sure what's happening with tickets, with talent announcements. Greg, any updates on the Lions Cup for this week? Not, I don't even remember what we talked about last week to know what has been shared and not shared. I do know some talent announcements. Uh, I know you mentioned last week, Rick, uh, Rick, uh, last name. Rick Tahaka. Rekka Tahaka. Rekka Tahaka, uh, was announced already. Uh, um, so that was the last big announcement from the previous show. Um, and also, was that last week? I think also last week, um, Sin Bodhi was yep. announced as well. Sin Bodhi was um, announced. I know we announced on Monday of this week, a new debut gentleman from, uh, Devotion Championship Wrestling up in Utah by the name of Brett Buffshay will be making his debut in IZW as well. Um, and by the time you listen to this show, well, maybe not actually, because this show will be coming out on Wednesday this week and it'll be announced on Wednesday, but a new tag team as part of the Lion Classic, who's made a handful of appearances in Arizona, not too many, um, will be uh, making their debut. Uh, being that they're a tag team, maybe you can assume what they're going to do. Maybe you can't, but a uh, new tag team to IZW combination known as money power respect will be making their debut at the lion classic nice very interested to see that uh with the lion classic the new tag team or you know debuting tag team Mm -hmm. um for an event focused on tag team wrestling so that will be very exciting to see very excited to see that uh posted up on izw social media very soon Make sure you are following IZW on social media at IZW Wrestling AZ. That way you'll be able to see uh, graphics for talent announcements, match announcements, uh, information on tickets, and much, much more. It's also just a great place to learn a little bit more about the history of IZW. There's always clips and pictures commemorating different moments in IZW history, um, big wins, talent announcements, matches, and everything like that that um make sure to follow izw wrestling az on social media and of course visit izwtix.com for ticket information for the lion classic uh happening september 23rd in glendale arizona 
Yeah, you still have plenty of time to get tickets. However, you do not want to miss out. Don't assume that tickets are going to be available right up into the show because it's very possible that tickets, especially certain tickets, will sell out soon. Absolutely. Yeah, you always want to act fast. There is it is weird. Um, we actually just hit yeah, on Monday, uh, a month since April's Evil Lives event, which to me it didn't feel like it was a month ago. It half feels like it was a week ago, and half feels like it was two months ago. Time is just this weird flat circle sometimes. And yet we still have like four months to go for this one. So yeah, timing is weird. 2023 has been a weird timing year for things ICW, but you just, it was summertime, summers fly by, and next thing you know, we're going to be mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So make sure to get your tickets soon. And if you are looking to get yourself a new shirt for this summertime, I got a place for you. So, do Greg, it. go ahead, do me a favor, and wind it up. It's time. It is. Indeed, time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own IDW and chair shot t-shirt today. Yes, when you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find a ton of cool t-shirt designs in support of IZW Impact Zone Wrestling and the ChairShot.com. When you see all the t-shirt designs, you're going to just be in shock of how awesome they are. When you click on any t-shirt, you can actually customize and get in different styles, short sleeve, long sleeve, different colors, different sizes, all through ProWrestlingTees.com. For IZW, that includes the IZW Pride shirt, which you can get in black and in white as well as the IZW Arizona's Best, IZW New Logo, IZW in the Japanese design, of course, the NWA design, the New World Order design, and much, much more. And while you're at it there, you'll see a lot of cool t-shirts for thechairshot.com, like the Chairshot Worldwide, available, multiple, always use your head t-shirts, and of course, our t-shirts, the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt and the Everybody Hates Greg t-shirt, all at ProWrestlingTees.com. T-shirts start at $20.99. But again, if you want to spend a few extra dollars, you can customize your t-shirt to be in soft style, in with sleeves and without sleeves. So summertime is coming. If you are needing some sleeveless clothes, well, we got you covered at ProWrestlingTees.com. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and visit ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. 
One thing, too, that I did not mention in my plug previously is that Pro Wrestling Tees is doing a memorial sale starting May 26th through May 29th. However, there's no coupon code needed, so you don't even need a code. It's just letting you know that T-shirts are going to be up 25% off. So go ahead, once again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and get your T-shirts, especially in the next few days. The whole website's up to 25% off. And you can't off. go wrong with that, right? 25% can't go off. Wrong. And you don't even need a coupon code. No code needed. That's very strange. Yeah, up to uh, 25% off of AEW and New Japan merchandise. 20% off of everything else. Well, then it's very fitting that we're talking about AEW No coupon week, needed, so. like you said. Yes. So there we go. Very fitting. Uh, so yes. This weekend, well, we have uh, AEW Double or Nothing happening in Las Vegas. Now, before we get into the matches, Greg, you had some interesting research that you found regarding ticket sales and things that it seems that other news sources have been kind of buzzing about regarding ticket sales for AEW. Now, this is not meant to be a slight on AEW to start off this, you know, predictions of double or nothing but it is something a very it's a very interesting note about how ticket sales are going for this event yeah it's not meant to be a slight but i mean it's factual information and it's important and and it it does lead to some other discussion points which i know you have some thoughts on as well but uh according to wrestletix on twitter at wrestletix which is a great resource uh for factual information about ticket sales and and more um their last update which is admittedly on may the 15th uh they have not updated this since at least not on their twitter i know they put more on their patreon which i am not a subscriber to but it's like two dollars a month and i probably should because they dig this kind of stuff from the business end but they're nerds well yeah sometimes um like yeah like you're not um the arena, uh, the, the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, is set up to hold 9,872 people. Um, I don't know why they couldn't just add four seats and have 9,876, but, you know, again, numbers. And to date of that posting, which, again, is May 15th, they had distributed. Now, that includes comps, freebies, all that kind of stuff. They had distributed 6,959 tickets, leaving 2,900 tickets left. And this to me is only interesting because, um, well, for two reasons. Number one, there's still 30% of the tickets remaining that were on sale for double or nothing. And this is a massive change. This company used to sell out within hours of tickets going mm-hmm. on sale. And and we've talked on, on this show as well as on the Greg DeMarco show, um, events like their huge event that they do every year at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. And the first one sold 20,000 tickets, over 20,000, like 21,000 tickets. The second one sold, I think, 11 or 13,000 tickets. Uh, in just a year's time frame, that's how much they drop. Now, the second one made more money than the first one. So that shows you what they did ticket prices in that year time frame as well. And the first one, when they did it had a mask restriction, which means you had to wear a mask to go to the event. And yet they drew over 20,000 people uh, to a great building for wrestling, but then it dropped considerably. And to me, that just kind of shows, I don't know. uh, Maybe I'll wait and say, what is hearing facts like that? What does that tell you? You know, it's interesting. 
like you mentioned too, the difference between the first and the second go round, um, and in general, where AEW is really putting their focus. I mean, now they they spread themselves out to, you know, of course, multiple events throughout the year. They're really pushing, you know, big event that they're having now, um, you know, in England coming up soon. So whereas this used to be, and and maybe it's also the realization. So you know, this used to, and I think I guess they still consider it to be a pillar event. You know, I guess pun intended. It's also still kind of getting lost in the mix of other events happening. You know, you have Forbidden Door happening. Uh, what? Aug- next month? August? Forbidden Door is no. in June or July. August June, okay. is all in. August like, is like all a week in. Week or two before All Out. So yeah, Forbidden Door is. I think it's July. June twenty fifth in Toronto. Okay. Which will probably sell better because it's Toronto when they haven't done yeah. a lot from there. Then, of course, you have All In in London, which is August 27th. Um, they have not yet announced the date for uh, All Out, but I think you could imagine that it's going to be that week after August 27th. That would mm-hmm. be September 3rd is likely going to be the date for All Out because it's usually that weekend and it's usually in Chicago. So. Yeah. So uh, a lot going on. And I do think that what I was trying to, what I was having the realization is that it's hard to kind of see like with at least WWE and granted, this is years, decades of experience, but you kind of know what those, um, you know, big four, almost five pay-per-views are each year and everything's kind of in between. I think AW is still kind of figuring that out a little bit and where Double and Nothing used to be a big pillar, you now have all these other events happening um, in close proximity that in what fans used to do in traveling to, you know, Las Vegas for this, now they may end up, you know, traveling or not traveling you know they may just go to a closer event or deciding to put their effort into traveling somewhere else so i think that that is maybe probably a product of what we're seeing now um and in general you know we're back from the other side of COVID. so now everything is kind of at full capacity so concerts other events are happening so i think people in general just have more of a limitation of you know, funds of things that they can do of what they can spend money on and pick and choose a little bit more of, you know, what happens. And we're not too far out from, you know, we just had a WrestleMania in LA a few months ago that for a lot of people, you know, took out a a chunk of what they would normally spend, you know, going to Vegas for that. And these are all just more anecdotal, but I think, you know, there's a lot of different those all those reasons I think may play a part in why we're seeing kind of um smaller ticket sales for this show. But yeah, maybe and and I think that is a factor of it, but yet WWE is selling out TV every week right now. And and I'm a big believer in not comparing the two because I don't know that it's fair. But it's it, they're going in different directions. They're going in very different directions right now. Agreed. Where uh, Raw and SmackDown are selling out. And these are not pay-per-view events. These are TV events. Mm-hmm. Monday's Raw, which was May 22nd. The last report was on May 16th. They had 17 tickets available. And um, 
in, in SmackDown on May 16th had less than a thousand tickets available and was a 30% increase over the last time WWE was in that building. And that was in Columbia, South Carolina, not, not a major hotbed for them. Whereas Mondays were always in Hershey, Pennsylvania, a much more historic city for WWE back when it was WWF. It's just odd to me. And, and this has been an AEW thing all along, like outside of the, the Phoenix double or the Phoenix dynamite. That took place, you know, back in February. They have not sold out a, a dynamite, as far as I know, and and their pay per views have not, you know, have, have struggled as well. And it's just, I don't know that it's just the outside factors. I do think the product has something to do with it, and and it's and and maybe that should have been expected. I mean, it's still in its, you know what fifth year now and mm-hmm. you're going to have ups and downs as a business like that's just normal and a big part of your long-term success is, is how you handle those what you do about them and that's something that yeah. i think is is there plus i just creatively like there's they're just spread so thin you do have um you know trying to put on tv every single week you do have collision mm-hmm. coming up which they're trying to figure out you've got uh you know ring of honor taping every week and occasionally taping in in orlando which i know they're doing one of those tapings here again soon um you've got a plan for all out. you've got forbidden door coming up yeah. like i just wonder if it, it's and and i don't watch it regularly enough from week to week to know if they're doing enough and, and if they are doing enough to make people excited for for these shows double or nothing you talked about a pillar event Double or Nothing was legit their first pay-per-view ever, and they're kind of their mm-hmm. first card ever. And so f- to go from that to where we are today is just – it's interesting, and maybe it's part of growth. Maybe it's part of growing pains. I don't know. Um, yeah. Also got a weak-ass main event, and and you know yeah. I've talked about before, like the strength of the main event is mm-hmm. is you know pivotal sometimes, you know. Yeah. There was an indie late last year that didn't do as well as they wanted to. And my biggest thing was, what was the main event? There wasn't one. There was no advertised main event. And and that's a big point. You look at the UFC. The UFC will put out anywhere from nine to 13 fights on a card. But it is largely built on the main event and the co-main event. Mostly the main Mm -hmm. event. And this main event sucks. So I know we'll get there. But I think that has just as much to do with it as all those other external factors. Do you think in talking about, you know, maybe adopting a little bit more of a WWE model where, um, you know, these events rotate, do you think Double or Nothing may need to move out of Las Vegas to be successful? I do. I think it's, you know, it's interesting because, like, think about that. And and these events are planned months and months in advance, usually six to 12 months in advance. Their best dynamite of the year in terms of percentage of tickets sold was here in Phoenix, right? Why do you you have to do like to me? I would think you'd have to do a pay per view here, or maybe you just do another mm-hmm. TV here because TV is that level of importance, especially with what's what's happening. But if they come here for like Collision or whatever, are they going to do nine thousand tickets again? I don't know. I don't know that they are, and it is that newness. Yeah. Um, but you look at what WWE has done, and. If you really look at the WWE model in 2023 from 30,000 feet outside of the major pay-per-views and, and you know, the, the big four, you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam and Survivor Series, what have they done? Elimination Chamber in Montreal with Sami Zayn in the main event. 
backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico with, you know, we spent an hour and a half talking about that a few weeks ago and how perfectly booked that card was outside of, you know, where they, you know, match placement and, and that's it. Money in the bank they took to, to, to the UK. And, mm-hmm. and you're probably going to see Sheamus or Drew McIntyre in a major match there. Like they have adjusted their model and no one's really noticed because it's what WWE does. In 1988 was apparently the first time Vince McMahon ever brought up the phrase WWE Network. In 1988, he knew that somehow you'd be able to compile all of your stuff. And, and he was talking about an on-demand service like in the 90s, long before mm-hmm. streaming and all this stuff was ever a thing. They're constantly ahead of the curve in terms of what can happen or needs to happen or what direction the business is going in. And, and whatever way the, of the business WWE goes, so does professional wrestling. Even though WWE is not professional wrestling, it's sports entertainment. I think you do have to follow their lead a little bit. And I know it's hard for AEW to do because they want to be different and they don't want to follow their lead, but they have taken their pay-per-view model and turned their non-mega events into something special based on the location. And I'm just interested to see what they continue to do. You know, we don't really know what's coming up after money in the bank. Right. And of course we have the Saudi Arabia show coming up this weekend, but we don't know what's coming up after money in the bank. And, and, you know, Helen is not going to be a pay-per-view again, but where they go and what they do. And, and it wouldn't be surprised to see us tying certain storylines to certain cities the way that mm-hmm. they've done in, in the past. And again, these things are booked six to 12 months in advance. There was an interview with somebody. I don't remember who it was. If it was Nick Khan or someone who basically pointed out that like, you know, they tailored the, the bloodline Sami Zayn storyline towards Montreal because they knew that at mm-hmm. least six months in advance. Yeah. It was in February. You knew going back to September of last year that you had this event on the books at minimum. And that story had not even come close to crescendoing by September of last year. They hadn't even teased Sami Zayn getting out of the bloodline by then. So they knew what they were doing. They knew what direction they were going in. I seriously doubt AEW has done any of that. And But, but maybe we shouldn't expect them to. They're only five years old. So they're not. This is going to yeah. be their fifth anniversary. Of yeah, it. and I don't even think they've talked about it being their fifth anniversary at all. No, and, I don't think that's because they don't think up. they think that way. No. Let's jump into the double or nothing card. I know we've talked a little bit about you know storylines, lack of storylines. Let's kind of do some, you know, association of that with some of these matches. So let's start off with the six man tag match between the Hardy party, which is Isaiah Cassidy, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy versus uh, the team of Ethan Page and the Dust Guns, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn. I think what are they called? They are all do they these- have a name. I think they do have the name. Is it the firm? Is it part of the firm? Uh, Ethan Page is part of the firm, but I don't think the guns. Okay. Okay. I don't know associations anywhere. Everyone always usually has a name. So that's why I'm figuring out. Um, Now, there is a stipulation in this match that if the Hardy Party wins, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. So that is um, something. It makes me believe that the Hardys are going to win this. The Hardy party will win because what kind of stipulation would that be if it's not fulfilled? 
It just depends. Like, do we want to keep this thing going on? How long has the Ethan Page, Matt Hardy story been going in AW? Like, it feels like, like, yeah, how long was it ago was it that the firm won Ethan Page's or, or Matt mm-hmm. Hardy's contract? It was some point last year. And again, I go back to that Phoenix event for AEW. They were on elevation and they were even like happy to be together. Ethan yeah. Page and, and the Hardys. And so it was just this weird place that they were in, in time and in history. I don't know why this is on your pay-per-view. I really don't. Outside of the fact that it has Matt and Jeff well, Hardy on. Yeah, because we already saw like the cinematic match of it, you know? So right. I kind of well, feel like. I didn't like see it, but we is have... the collective we. Yes. So I well, it was on a rampage. That, not a lot of people saw it. So I think, if anything, maybe you should have had this match first, then the cinematic match for the blow off. Like I think they did it a little backwards, personally. Um, but you know, I I don't really know what else to say. I guess this is this is the thing. I'm it, sure it'll it be. Screams, an, it will be very different. It screams pre-show to me, and and maybe they will have it on the pre-show. Uh, haven't you know signified what's on what? Yeah, they this have is, not. We're recording they this on Tuesday night. What's Dynamite be, hasn't yeah. happened yet. Uh, we can even talk about. It. I can easily almost put money on, you know, one match that's going to get added during Dynamite this week. But mm-hmm. um, it's pretty much the lone title that's not yet on this card. So, and it's pretty obvious who their opponents are going to be, but. If this match stays on the pay-per-view, then then we're just wasting time. You already have nine matches. You're going to add one or two more. Like it, it's less is more sometimes, and that's um, you know that that's just the way it, it should be. And and this is just not something I feel like needs to be outside of the fact that Matt and Jeff Hardy are on it, and they are mm-hmm. big name stars. They are some of the biggest yeah. names that AEW has, especially Jeff Hardy. So I I get that. I get that aspect of it, but it's it doesn't scream importance to me, but but we should pick it. We should pick it. Yeah. Yeah. I I say who should and who win is the Hardy Party. I say who should who will win is the Hardy Party. Who should win is Ethan Page and the guns. So we can just move the hell on from this. Because it's it's only been on TV for like a week or two before the pay-per-view set up. And I just think let Ethan Page and the guns move on and let all parties involved, pun intended, go their separate ways and do something else that matters. Yeah. Or don't. I don't know. You got collision coming I don't know. up. Again, they have too much freaking talent on this program, uh, on, in this company. But like, yeah. do we need to keep doing this? I don't think we do. So that's why my should is Ethan Page and the guns. But who will win? I do yeah. agree with you. It's the Hardy Party. Up next, let's jump over to the ladder match for the TNT Championship. Warlow, uh, who now is aligned with Arn Anderson, will be facing Christian Cage, who has Luchasaurus in his corner. The face that you're making, like... I just don't... I mean, Christian has done some really good work and some really good promo mm-hmm. work and, and, and what he's done. In AEW has been good. He just lost at the last pay-per-view. So why he's suddenly getting a title shot, why he's getting in, in a title picture at all, I don't know. I don't know. I c- Remember, Christian was I a pawn feel- in the whole Impact Championship thing that happened with AEW. Yeah. Um, were you saying you kind of think it should be Luchasaurus? Were you going in that direction? No, no, no. I, uh, I was saying I kind of think like this. I think this is kind of setting. I don't, I don't know. I, I Again, I, I'm not seeing it regularly. 
But, you know, Christian Cage's thing has always been about winning gold, you know, like, yeah. you know, making it. And I think the TNT Championship could be, you know, the gold that he wins. I mean, it's um, a ladder match, so you can do some shenanigans. If Wardlow yeah. loses here, I mean, like, how have you fumbled something so badly? From from the, the the heat this guy had, how over he was, how much fan support, mm-hmm. especially coming out of the MJF thing, like he's lost this this is he a three time TNT champion right now? At least like it's just absurd. He is. He's a three time TNT champion yeah. right now. This has been the title that has really moved around the most since it's existed, and I don't know if that's been the intention of it. If that you know like. I don't, I don't know. I know it's set up to be this mid card, you know, title, but I just think that the way that it's been handled has been a little odd. I do think that they, it needs to be stability. They need to do like a Gunther level type of like someone who is like just a stupid, ridiculous champion that has bomb matches that really, and I'll, I'll, I'll move into something else in, in another match where I actually think it's it's been better since this other person has won it. But I just think that like for the, the TNT championship, there's just been not enough consistency with it. And that's why, but Wardlow is the guy you just described. And yeah. so why not do that? So for me, who should win is Wardlow, especially now that you've got the Arn Anderson pairing. So if he gets with Arn Anderson and now loses the title, what does that say? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say yeah. who will win is Wardlow. Uh, I'm not highly yeah. confident in that pick, but I'm going to say that. Wardlow right. Wins. I was leaning to who should win is Wardlow, but I was trying to say, I think maybe this, this is Christian Cage's time. I, you know, I, I think he's been one of the Christian most. Christian Cage's time was 13 years ago. I just mean that he's been a very consistent heel, very hateable. I mean, I guess why the fuck not? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I I just have a feeling it could go that way. Like you mentioned, especially since it's a ladder match. Uh, let's I, jump So is the ladder to... match because of Christian's history with ladder matches, or is there a better reason? I know I'm asking the wrong person, so maybe this question is rhetorical. But... I mean, I think that's a fair question to ask in general. Right. But also, I think because you have Luchasaurus on Anderson, shenanigans could ensue. I don't know. Okay. Um, I want to jump over to the uh, international championship match. Um, it is a 21-man blackjack battle royal for the international championship. Uh, Orange Cassidy will be defending it. And only there's only been a few people announced so far. Um, Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and QT Marshall. Basically, all of and QT then, Marshall's people. Have yeah, been announced uh, there's 17 other people on there. <laughs> what I wanted to jump into one championship that I think has elevated and has some great matches and has exceeded expectations since Orange Cassidy has won it is the international championship. I think renaming it. I, I mean, in general, Orange Cassidy has been able to showcase his great talent as a, as a wrestler um, against very competitive uh, opponents. Like, and maybe because the expectations for this were low, but I feel like this has become a hot commodity title. I agree, and it's been very simple. 
He's held it for a while. He's held it since last fall. He's had lots of defenses. They've all been successful. And, and here we are. And now it's being defended in a battle royal. And I get it. Like the story has been him struggling to retain and struggling to retain and breaking down because he has had such a hectic schedule and so many title defenses. But do me a favor and, and tell just, just you like how you always give what the match is. Just, just do that again for me. If you may, okay. please. Uh, so it's a 21-man blackjack battle royal for the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy will be... Oh, uh, okay. There's a price to pay. Tough for you to get down on your knees. Okay. K is, is how I feel about this match. Like, I mean, okay. I know that they have to throw in the Vegas gimmick somehow. Um, you know, we used to have the Blackjack Royal. They do it for every pay-per-view, though. They, they, they do the Joker's the Wild, and they shit. do, like, the... And is it the Blackjack Battle Royal? Are they going to do the four groups of five and then the... the the? I the think wild, so, yeah. The it's Joker the Blackjack Battle Royal. will come in last, and... and mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean... It's like this fake Royal Royal, but that's the Casino Royale. So I don't know that this is that. I think Blackjack Battle Royal is just a 21 person Battle Royal. Um, besides that, are there actual yeah. cards involved? Like, are we betting? What's going on? This is all these I don't know. betting oh, yeah, references. That's a good point. Yeah, I think almost it's almost as dumb 21. as Carrie and Cross telling us we're going to have to pay a toll. Like, who pays tolls anymore with real money? You just drive through the thing and it, it, it comes off electronically. And, but it's still money. I mean, TikTok I think is not a clock it. anymore. It's a social media app. But but we're not even talking about that. We're talking about other stupid gimmicks, like a twenty-one man blackjack battle royal, and and I and I do get it in terms of Orange Cassidy is is having to continually overcome. But like, put him in a five way against all the members of QT Marshall's. QTV faction, like yeah, you don't need to do this in a battle do. royal. But it's but because... I commend, like you said, they at least are telling a story. That's why I think the international title, the championship, has got. Oh, it has nothing to do with being renamed. It's nothing to do with anything. It has all everything to do with Orange Cassidy, the job yeah. he's done, and and they've just simply put him in matches on almost every episode of Dynamite and, and a few rampages, and he just continues to win and. And and it's just been super simple, and it hasn't bounced around like some of the other titles. And and you're right, like it's it's pretty much the most prestigious title in the company right now because MJF's belt has almost been devalued by the amount that we've seen it, and 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 by the cheap heat that he uses. Whereas Orange Cassidy is is you know he's the babyface, he's going to baby, he's the underdog babyface. So it's it's he's a, a smaller Ricky Steamboat in a lot of ways. And it's worked. And so that's that. I would assume he's going to somehow win this match. His best friends, partners are probably going to be in it. And and while I do think he'll probably lose it sooner rather than later, I really hope you don't waste the run that Orange Cassidy has on losing it in a battle royal. Agreed. I think it should be one-on-one or something. Something more personal instead of it a battle It should absolutely royal. be one-on-one. But again, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I, I agree um, with a lot of it. I think Orange Cassidy should win. I think he will win. I think he will retain that championship. And it's just maybe, you know, spot best match. And I am 100% with you. Orange Cassidy should and will win this match. 
In our next championship match, the AEW World Tag Team Championships will be on the line. Uh, champion FTR, Dax Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler will be facing Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, Mark Briscoe will be serving as the special guest referee. Yes, Mark Briscoe is serving as special guest referee. I did see the segment a few weeks ago where there was some accidental contact involved and they're trying to draw a question into the friendship between Mark Briscoe and, and FTR, which is absolutely absurd. Um, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal seem to be the de facto first challengers that a tag team gets in AEW. And, and, um, I hope to God they don't beat FTR like it. Like FTR's first reign was terrible because of how quickly mm-hmm. they lost it to the Young Bucks. They set up this "we're going to leave the company in April" thing. They set up the match with the guns. If we don't win the titles, we're going to leave. They won. Like if you take the belts off of them at this point, then I I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you. Like this is as with most of the matches on this card. Um, the majority of these titles should not be changing hands. And, and this is one of those, this falls into that category. There's no reason for them to lose the titles in this situation. I think it'll be good. Jeff Jarrett has proven that, that he is one of the smartest people in all of professional wrestling and, and Jay lethal can work his ass off. You know, that Sanjay Dutt will get involved. Um, Satman's thing will stand around saying, will stand around and do whatever, but I mean, come on. It's got to be FTR who should and will win this match. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know enough, enough about this story regarding, you know, all the layers to it, but I agree regarding. I'm pretty sure Jared Lethal just attacked them at some point. That's typically. What yeah, happens. yeah. And I saw some of this get about them, you know, over at Frisco Farm and everything and, you know, shades of, I don't know. I just. I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, lots of championship matches uh, on this. When you have lots of championships, that's what you have to do. Um, let's jump over to, uh, the AEW women's world championship match. Jamie Hayter will be defending against Tony storm. Um, my big thing about this is I feel like the women's championship has been lost in all this faction warfare. Yes. Um, with Jamie and Britt Baker and whoever is their third, uh, at the moment versus the outcast. This back and forth between them for months has really removed the focus from the women's championship. You kind of even forget that Jamie Hayter is the women's champion because it's all been about, you know, these groups against each other. And I don't think that's a, a good thing. Um, well, it's I very know Japan, that. which is what they do. Wasn't, I think hater was hurt too, uh, as part of this. And yeah. So that's why. Yeah. And, and again, out of necessity, then that works as, as well. Um, I, you know, I wonder, I guess out of everyone, why Tony, and maybe at least, you know, Tony is the first person or, well, maybe each of the members of the outcast will have their chance and maybe Soraya will be the last one and she gets, I, I don't know. I, that's kind of what I'm thinking may happen here. I believe Jamie Hayter is going to retain and probably should, um, at this point, but I, I'm just kind of confused about what's happening with the yeah. women's championship. I mean, we were there again, this feud, like we were there in February and, and this is, you know, three months ago and they were fighting 
And, and that was that wasn't even the beginning of it. That, no. that was literally, the and it middle. was pretty much was, the same it, between both weeks. Ruby hadn't turned heel yet, though, right? Or was Ruby heel at that point? I don't Ruby was remember. heel. I'm fairly certain by that point. Okay, which of course we all sang her song because that's what we do for heels, especially in AEW. We do that. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. Whether it's the injury issue with with Jamie Hader or whether it's the flavor of the month issue that we have. I know a lot of people were surprised that Tony Storm was named the challenger for no sheer reason other than gut instinct. I'm saying that Jamie Hader should win, but Tony Storm will win. Oh, wow. Yeah. That'd be interesting. And, and maybe it continues to bounce around. Maybe Britt gets it. Maybe Ruby gets it. Then Ikaro Shida gets it. Then it ends up with Soraya. I don't know. Soraya should not be holding a championship, but I just, I don't know. For some reason, when this was announced, I was like, God, I think Tony Storm's going to win. I don't yeah. even want her to. You know, honestly, but, I would love for Ruby Soho to win it instead of Tony, to be honest. Yeah, for some reason, you're like her biggest fan, and, and I don't know why. Yeah. But what do you mean? I don't know why. I like her. I'm not a fan. I haven't been a fan. Um, and the thing is, I loved her when she was on the indies, but mm-hmm. it, it just hasn't worked. It hasn't translated for me um, yeah. to either company at this point. But... That's just me though. Maybe it, maybe I'm in the minority and, and you're in the majority. I don't know, but it just hasn't worked for me. The character in the ring, she's, she's usually pretty good. Yeah, she yeah. had some issues in yeah. WWE for a while and, and maybe that was motivation, which shouldn't be a problem, but who knows? But character wise, like I just feel like something's lacking. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, we are going to take this moment to take a breeze and once we get back, we'll do the second half of the card. So Greg, go ahead, do me a favor and let's pay some bills. Seven, eight, five, four, six, This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, we are back with the second half of the show, and we are running through the card for AW's Double or Nothing happening this Saturday in Vegas. It is going to be May 28th. Uh, we went over a few matches on the first half of the show. We still got a few more matches to cover. Up next, let's get into the Anarchy in the Arena match, the back the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. This is just AEW written all over it. Madness, chaos. It seems that, you know, it's interesting to have the Blackpool Combat Club in this type of match, um, considering it's all, you know, they're, they're much more technical based, but I think it's going to be entertaining. You know, I really do think this is going to be an entertaining match. I'm very interested to see how the Blackpool Combat Club will will work in this match. Um, I hate this match. I hate this match for various reasons. <laughs> Hated one, it. Right? 
Um, number one is because the main event of Double or Nothing should be Daniel Bryan Danielson versus MJF in an Iron Man match. Yes, the match that happened at the last pay-per-view because it shouldn't have happened at the last pay-per-view. They rushed it. Just like, have we had an eight-man tag team match between these teams? No, because Hangman no. Page just joined back up with the Elite last week on Dynamite. We're skipping straight to the Anarchy in the Arena match. This is what yeah. AEW does wrong. They they rush everything. And then, but then they have Ethan Page and Matt Hardy feud for seemingly three and a half years and, and Wardlow up and down the card yeah. wherever. And in Orange Cassidy holding a championship for, for days on him, which is actually a good thing. But why are we going straight to anarchy in the arena? Now, AEW fans would be like, well, why wouldn't you want that match? It's awesome. I do want that match, but I want that match later. I want there to be some build, especially when you could do that match on television. That match would make for great television. This should be an eight-man tag team match. You don't need anything more than that for the first meeting between these two factions. But we're going too fast with, with this feud. You literally have six of your biggest stars in your company in this match and you're having them in a street fight all over the arena, like put them in the ring for the first match. And then mm-hmm. Bill, you got Daniel Bryan Daniels and John Moxie, Kenny Omega, both young bucks and hangman page love them or not. And I love all but two of them. I don't, and, and not that, not to you know, bag on Claudio or Wheeler, but they're not the level of the other six guys. Mm-hmm. I feel like again, Take your time, Tony. Yeah. Take your time with this stuff. You don't need to rush this stipulation just like you rushed the Iron Man match. I I agree. I think this is the sake of having the match for having it um, for this show. Oh, yeah. But but you're also right. This is just what they do. This is they rush things. They have some storylines that drag on for months. Uh, they have some stories that, you know, will go for two weeks and then you jump the gun. I agree with that. Do I think it's not, you know, again, going back to my original statement, it's going to be entertaining. Um, is that supposed to be the major point of this match? I don't know. Um, what I do think though, you're taking your two biggest factions, you're putting against each other and one of them is going to lose, you know, when in reality, if anything, it's for should be its benefit, kind of like we've seen too with WWE recently. Is take your factions and separate them, and don't have them touch each other, or maybe circle around each other, but not really directly fight with each other, like you have with the Judgment Day, the LWO, the Bloodline. You know, um, they will have kind of members fighting each other, but they're not all going at it at the same time. And I think that now too, with having a secondary show. It's important to right. do that. Maybe this is a way that they do that, where Maybe. they have the big blowout and then they separate them, for sure, whatever. But I just, I understand that this is having the match for the sake of having it for you know this type of event. Um, but and that's I don't half of AEW's everything. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think anybody loses out. Whoever wins, whoever loses, like. It is what it is. I don't think anyone's going to gain anything major from winning. I don't think anyone's going to lose anything major if they lose either. It's I. This is the sake of having it for the sake of having it. Yeah, I. I that is the reason for the match. Uh, yeah, you could have done Daniel Bryan Danielson versus Hangman Page and had everybody out there with these people and let them brawled all over the arena impromptu, and it still would have been mm-hmm. equally entertaining. But we've got to advertise it. We've got to whatever. I don't. I could 
this is this is where if, uh, if you didn't know this, he's a wrestling promoter. Sometimes works against me because I see this stuff and I'm just like yeah. mind blown. Um, this is actually because of what, what everything that you've said. This is the hardest match to pick. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, um, I kind of think who should win is the Blackpool Combat Club. Who will win is the elite. So it depends on how you want to look at it, right? This is a double or nothing, right? It's a gambling theme. There's only three people in this match who can take the pin. That's Wheeler Yuta, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson. The other five are not getting pinned in this match. Because if you pin the Ring of Honor World Champion, what the hell are we doing here? Um, So technically, the Elite has a higher percentage of people who can eat the pin. But the Young Bucks are much higher on the pecking order than than Wheeler Yuta. So sorry, Wheeler. Um, Yeah, yeah. I guess Wheeler is just the big loser here. He really is. If we needed a... An eight-man tag match just for Wheeler his, Yuta to get pinned. His career peaked at the dynamite we were at. Again, it all comes back to Phoenix in the end. That's going to be the name of this show, I think. It all comes back yep, to Phoenix. Yeah, it all comes back to Phoenix. So who should win, like you said, Blackpool Combat Club? Who will win is the Elite? Um, so I'm right. So that's that's all you had to say. I I'm agree right. with you. Yes. Uh, up next, we have the AWTBS Championship. Jade Cargill will be defending against Taya Valkyrie. Um, this one is is interesting. I mean, they've been touting Jade now. What is her reign now? Uh, she's had what fifty plus victories. Yeah, she passed fifty already. Um, yeah, no. When did she win? Lots of she's the only person to ever hold it. She won it. Yeah. Uh, she's at 500 days today. Yeah, she is the longest apparently. reigning AEW um, champion. She won it on January 5th, 2022, beating Ruby Soho in the tournament finale. Like, wow. I didn't realize that it was that long ago. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 500 days as of this morning. I, I just wonder so, what's next? You know, what is the what is the next thing? And I think it is it would make sense at some point for her to lose the belt against who I don't know, to be honest. I um, think it would be great. I'll tell you, you know, against who would be, I'll tell yeah. you against who. Taya Valkyrie. Who? That's who. She should yeah. lose this match. I agree. Because they have nothing. They really have nothing with Jade Cargill other than the fact that she's been champion forever. And 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 great like I feel like the next bit of the story with her is to lose and then see what that does. And yeah. that's what I'm going with. Who should win and who will win is Taya Valkyrie. I agree. I kind of, I just more, we're still at a standstill, you know, with, with Jade. Um, and I think in all honesty too, now granted, one thing that I think they've done well with this women's division and with these two belts is have parallel storylines, you know, um, very similar to say, you know, Raw and SmackDown where you have two, you know, belts that women feud over all of that. I think honestly, one of the next big things is, you know, her moving away from that championship and eventually making her way to the AEW World Women's Championship. Now that's really crossing wires, but I think eventually you have to kind of go into the next step for her. Now, at that point, though, it would be almost that, that belt or bust. Um, but I also think that she could have maybe another few to try to regain this championship. I just think that she's already gone through so many people. Um, and I think to Taya's credit, she is a, a solid addition to the women's roster. And 
you know, really needs that. They really need to establish more credible women in the women's division. And you do that by not only victories, but big victories. So, um, why not? You know, let's, let's talk about experimenting or, you know, trying things out. I do think that this is important. I think more for Jade than it is for Taya to, you know, to kind of see what's next. I'm I'm worried because they can't tell stories without championships for the women. No one in wrestling can tell stories for women without championships except for NXT. But it's this would be a major opportunity, like you said, for Jade too. Like she has not done anything except hold a championship. That's literally been her wrestling career. I'd like to see her in a few telling stories that don't involve a championship. And and that would give AEW the opportunity to put more than two women's title matches on a card and do something mm-hmm. with women that doesn't involve a championship as well. So I would love to see them do that as well. So, yeah, for me, I think th- there's a million reasons why they have to do this, which means they probably won't. But Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. As we were talking through, I'm like, they should, but they won't. And that's so, the thing. Like, who will win might need to be Jade Carter. Who will win I'm, sticking, Jade. I'm sticking with Taya. But yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with Frankie Monet winning the, the TBS championship. But I really do think that they, they, they should go in that direction. Plus, if Taya doesn't win here, she's going to fade away. Mm-hmm. And, and that's but just that's also criminal. their MO. Like, that's the other thing, too. And that's criminal. Like, I know. You know and she's going to fade away because they don't do anything with the women besides title matches. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the, they had this feud between two factions, but the championships wrapped up into it. So unless Ty is going to somehow join that, like, that's the thing. Like the, the issue between the, the out, what are they called? The outcasts? What the hell are they called? The outcasts, yeah. And, and Britt Baker and company, which is sad that we call it Britt Baker and company when end company is, is includes the women's champion. But I don't see that ending anytime soon. So, and I don't see who else Taya could really get involved with uh, outside of wrestling and, and Ring of Honor. Maybe she beats Athena for the Ring of Honor championship. Who the hell knows? But I just think that y- you got to give me something. So I feel like I'm, I'm I'm guessing I'm picking with my heart, but I'm and not my brain. But whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the, That's it's, okay. That's you can pick matter. with your heart. You know. That's all right. Speaking of your heart. We had an unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Oh. Two of the greatest theme songs in all of professional wrestling. In one match. Yeah. How can how what are we to do? You know? What are we to do? Oh, there is one thing that we need to do. And one thing only. So that's all that's all I'm gonna say. That, that's that, that's it. That, that's there's only there's only but one thing that should and 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 will happen in this match. That's that's it. That's all. I, it's it's. Um, I love Chris Jericho. I, I love what he has mm-hmm. done in this company. I, I really think that what he's done in this company has been nothing short of phenomenal. The reinvention. He he is yes, this the stupid main event is like the four pillars, but there is really one pillar of if you had the real four pillars of AEW, you'd have names like John Moxley, Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. and Chris Jericho. And 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 have really been the the main pillars of this company since its inception. And and Jericho has has 
he gets a ton of credit for AEW success and he probably needs more to be fully transparent with you. And, and I am sad because, you know, he put over action Andretti. Where's he, he put over Ricky Starks. Where's he. And, and that's not a knock on Chris Jericho. It's the fact that he has these ideas. I guarantee you Jericho wanted to put over Ricky Starks. Jericho wanted to put over action Andretti. So Tony let him go with it, but then Tony had no plans for the other one. The fact that Ricky Starks isn't on this card is, is criminal, and maybe he'll be in the stupid battle royal. And maybe it'll come down to him and, and Orange Cassidy, and maybe that builds to something between the two of them later, because Ricky Starks would make a great international champion. But in terms of this match, who will win and who should win? You know what? So I'm not that much. It's Adam Cole. No, why not? I'm cool with that. The question, the, the reasons aren't why not. The reasons are why. And it's Adam yeah. Cole. <laughs> winner, uh, winner gets a gym membership. Adam <laughs> Cole. That's what this match should be. Oh, Unsanctioned yeah, match. Winner gets a gym membership. Maybe I'll, maybe that's going to be the title of this show. Not at all. It comes back to Phoenix, but <laughs> winner gets a yeah. gym membership. People will click just to see which match we're referring to. Cause unfortunately it's AEW. So there's multiple of those, but they they'll be shocked once they find out which one you're actually done. I think it's pretty yeah. obvious with the, with the way these yeah, two guys yeah, look. Not right Again, you go with your heart sometimes and Adam Cole, your heart. I, I wouldn't but. be me if, if I didn't pick Adam Cole. No, I, I agree. I think you were mentioning, you know, Chris Jericho is the type of person who would actually put people over and having this big win over Chris Jericho would do a lot for Adam Cole. Again, what that means up next, nobody knows because nobody knows, you know, like I don't, maybe Adam Cole knows, maybe people have ideas, but no one truly knows. But, I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting because you've think- got, I think, aren't, um, unless that was last week. I think everyone else is banned from the building for this match. I do think that the Jericho Appreciation Society and Roderick Strong are banned from the building for this match. Mm-hmm. I think that was something that was was done along the way, unless that was for an episode of Dynamite or something. I don't know, but I feel like I could be totally wrong. It's an unsanctioned match. Even if they're banned from the building, it's unsanctioned. Yeah. What the hell does that matter? But I feel like you could somehow build to your your blood and guts that they love to do at some point. If, yeah. I don't know when Kyle O'Reilly can come back. Um, I don't know that they're going to bring back Bobby Fish, but but you could reform Undisputed Era. Or maybe they move into the trios division if Kyle O'Reilly comes back. Who the hell knows? Maybe Adam Cole and Chris Jericho do a musical number like MJF and Jericho did. I don't know. But who will win and who should win is Adam Cole. There you go. That just leaves us. Did you pick that? Did, is that your pick as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm cold, baby. Not that I'm keeping track because I'm not, but um Oh, we're, there's no keeping track of this. No. We're go we're going in the spirit of AEW. We're doing that. <laughs> they don't um, keep track, so why should we? Why should we? Uh have they done have records? Our... Is records still a thing with this company? No. Okay. No, they gave up on that. Yes, they have too much work. So, um so is booking, so yeah. Seemingly our main event. Um, but we have the AEW World Championship match in a four way. MJF will be defending against Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and Darby Allen for Pellery. Now, I know you've been talking shit about this, so I'll, I'll give it you a moment. But I, one thing I do want to commend them on is 
doing this, trying this, you know, like I wish that maybe there was more, a little bit more built up. I know they've kind of talked about historically how they've been these four different pillars of AEW. I think they're more of the four like young guns. You're right about, you know, I consider a young gun and a pillar two different things. Agreed. And um, I think it's great that these four guys have this opportunity to showcase, you know, I think this is the future of AEW. Um but I don't think this was put together in the best way. So like a kind of an A for effort. But when you look at all these other matches and everything put together, it's definitely overshadowed by, you know, anarchy in the arena and the unsanctioned match um, in general. On um, paper, and, yes. On paper, it's yeah. overshadowed. I think on on their programming, if we were following along closely on their programming, I don't think it would be overshadowed. But on paper, definitely overshadowed. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're right, too, as far as, you know, what people are going to be paying the most attention to. Now, I think, honestly, though, they're going to have a great match. They are going, I think there's going to be so many highlights of the night coming from this match. They're going to have a match. They're going to have a spot fest. I don't consider that to be a great match. I think they will have, you know, maybe more great moments. I I, I think they have have a possibility of having a great match. The point is. I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this. And I don't think it's complete garbage. I'm not mad at it, but I'm not particularly happy at it either. It's just there for me. You held the tournament, which only consisted of two matches because Darby Allen got a bye. The, the, the Sammy Guevara won both matches. He beat Jungle Boy by countout, beat Darby by DQ. That allowed him to earn. Technically, he was supposed to then get the title shot at double or nothing. Then they took the two guys who lost and just put them in the match anyway. Yeah. Like do a round robin thing where everybody wrestles everybody. Yeah, I think I think and, they could have told the story a lot better. End up they tied, got to ultimately. Everybody wins one, know. everybody loses one. Yeah. And then you just put them all in the match. Like, or you just do MJF and Daniel Bryan Daniels in an Iron Man match. For the second time, the show is called Double or Nothing. I that means know, you up the ante. Bruh, I know. I know. That ship has sailed. That it has sailed. Has I know. And I can't bring it back. But it just bothers me. It bothers me to know. I know. I know it does. Um, but, but this is – here's let, let me ask you this question. Outside of the fact that it's for the world championship, should this match realistically close the show? No. It probably will. And, 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 and I'd be surprised if they didn't. And, and I do you know, think that's what Tony Khan yeah. should do. I mean, I, I, but I, you know, again, and I'm, and maybe I, I was so sudden, I think is, I think I, I understood you say if this wasn't for a title match, would it close the yeah. show? No, save for the world championship. Yeah. Should this yeah, close the yeah. show? This is I an mean, opportunity it, for AEW to do something that they've never done before. This is an opportunity for AEW to allow the women's world championship to close a pay-per-view because technically it should be the same level as the world championship, but for the women, it's not. Yeah. But if I'm AEW and I'm not, nor will I ever be Jamie Hayter and Tony storm, despite the few, despite everything should close Uh -uh. this event. Should close this uh -uh. show. That. I, I no, And and that's not a, that's not a, a knock on them. I think they could have a really great match, but I just, if you were to give me both of those, 
I would still pick that four way. There are nine matches on this show, and I don't think a single one of them is a main event. To be fully honest with you. I think depending on what you define as a main event, an AEW main event versus a traditional wrestling main event or something like I could see anarchy in the arena being a main event for AEW because that's right. their thing, you know, um, maybe even the Adam Cole and Chris Jericho match, because if it's in unsanctioned, essentially you could show off and be like, all right, all of our sanctioned matches have happened tonight. Here's we're finishing off with the unsanctioned, kind of like the lights out match. Like right. that was the end because there's, this is unsanctioned. So there's, you know, some, theoretical you know um i mean hell, even you know the tbs championship matches especially if you have a big title change you know that could could end right. so there's there's again lots to if, it but if the women main event this event if jamie hater and tony Storm main event this you will not hear the end of it next week it is highly unlikely and a very low percentage chance of happening in all honesty is that a bold prediction, a Greg sure. DeMarco bold prediction? Why not? It counts as much as as who should win and who will win in terms of AEW. I will say this. Taking away the Ethan Page, Matt Hardy bullshit. The Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm match has the longest build of any match on this card. Agreed. And maybe even the best build of any match on this card. And, and that's... I mean, yes and no. I would say at the very beginning, yes. But then literally like January through uh, March, it was literally the same run-ins show after show after show. Um, It only got a bit better once Ruby Soho and the Outcast form. So, but I would say not the best consistent build, just the longest build. Um, And parts of it were definitely better than others on this but that's also saying that this is, you know, the least shittiest bro- broken down car in a junkyard, you know? I dare like you, Tony Khan. I dare you to main event this event with Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. Oh, he'll do that. Book it, you coward. Do it, you coward. Book it, book it you coward. Book it. Talk about um, a statement. Like, like he truly uh, wants to be... Different and better than WWE. They've had women main event pay-per-views before, but and especially Jamie Hader's winning because she's one of your homegrown talents. And many of mm-hmm. your champions right now are homegrown talents. So yeah. that that bit of criticism is is largely gone. But I would definitely definitely say close this event with Jamie Hader versus Tony Storm. It ain't gonna happen. I give no. it maybe a four percent chance of happening, but maybe higher than that. It's going to be the world. It's going to be the men's world championship match, but this is your opportunity. If you ever had one to let women main event an AEW pay-per-view, which by the way has never happened. Yeah. Uh, so who are you picking? MJF should and will. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. The only person I think you could make an argument for is Darby. And I just can't see them doing that. Like, no, like, not neither. Just not, Sammy not at this point, you know. should never be near any championship again. I, I, Jungle Boy I think is, hopefully is, this sets up just uh, longer feuds. You know, maybe they work on storytelling like we've seen again and, and not to completely tell everything with WWE, but the storytelling that they've been doing much, much better job of lately is feuds that kind of interweave 
and out, you know, that this is just a chapter in a longer story between all of them, which I, I really do think that they could do that. Um, that this is just a chapter in what the four pillars. Imagine are. a few that spans two pay-per-views mm-hmm. like you could have done with Daniel Bryan, Danielson and MJF. Imagine that. <laughs> imagine, imagine what they could have done, but they didn't. They can't. And and I don't think they can't. I, it's just, when when you when you go at the speed you live life because of the copious amounts of cocaine that you ingest, there's no <laughs> way you could possibly Let book a die hard, baby. Let fast die hard back close to it. Well, there's no way you could possibly book a feud that spans two pay per views, despite the fact that one of the most talented professional wrestlers in the world is Daniel Bryan Danielson. You told a six month story in like four weeks with that feud. And again, I'm 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 harping on a point that's stupid because, like you said, that ship sailed when the pay per view happened. But this is because this card doesn't have a well defined main event. That's your opportunity to do it. If yeah. it happens, I'll actually be shocked. And and I would come on this program next week and I would praise the hell out of them for doing it and the hell out of Tony Khan for making it happen. Um, but it's going to be the four way that main events this show. Mm-hmm. I think you'll like that match more than you know. I'm not going to see that match. Maybe you'll see clips on it online. I don't know. That's possible. I think you'll be surprised. That's very possible. Yes. Anyways. Well, I I agree, though. Who should win? Who will win is MJF. You know, that that to me is a no-brainer. But I think this other elements of this match will, um, you know, surprise many people. With that, though, we're going to close the book. We've done our predictions for AEW Double or Nothing happening 28th of May this weekend. We will definitely talk about what happens from it, from what we see. Neither of us are going to watch it. So, um, but Sunday? you know, that, we'll see what comes of it. That is Sunday. Um, okay. Yeah, it is Sunday. Okay, I keep yeah. thinking it's Saturday. I'm going to watch Battleground. I can tell you that. Probably not live, but yeah, same. Uh, so we'll talk about. What comes out of that too from Battleground from Double or Nothing? Pretty big weekend ahead for pro wrestling. So hey, make sure that you stay tuned to the hashtag Miranda Show because you never know what we're gonna talk about on this show, even whether we know shit or not. That's just the way that we roll here. So thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget, of course, to support IZW Impact Zone Wrestling by visiting and following them on social media at IZW Wrestling AZ. You can also find information at IZWTICTIX.com for ticket information uh, for the Lion Classic uh, September 23rd in Glendale. Get your tickets now. Don't forget in general to just support your local independent wrestling promotion wherever you are. Follow them on social media. Buy a ticket to their next show. Uh, buy their t-shirt. Follow their wrestlers. Share a flyer. There's lots of ways that you can support wrestling where you're at with literally no money at all. Just spreading the word, telling people about it, sharing posts. Those make a world of difference. Thank you to all those who do that already. And for those who don't, you know, spread the love a little bit. Go ahead. Try it out. I promise you're not going to regret it. Also, check out ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. They are having a sale through this week where you can get 20% off all your regular items, 25% off New Japan and AEW stuff. If you like that, cool. Get it. But 
already at a discount. Um, and there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you will be able to support IZW and the chair shot.com. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter, but you can follow my dear friend Greg here on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Greg DeMarco44. And you can follow the chair shot at chair shot media on all forms of social media. And of course, go and check out the chair shot.com. Your place for the chair shot radio network home of the hashtag Miranda show. The chair shot.com always use your head. The chair shot.com always use your head. And last but not least, if you are listening to the show on your favorite podcast streaming platform, thechairshot.com, always use your head. You should have held the pose for the whole soundbite. I don't got to plug shit if you don't want me to. I don't got to plug shit. Thechairshot.com, always <laughs> use your head. Um, if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so that way you get notified each and every time a new episode drops. You can leave a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to this show. And that's it. Now I'm done with the plugs. We're done. We're cutting off. You're fucking with me right now. Are you fucking with me? No, I'm not. It's getting late. Everyone needs to go to bed. Go get some sleep, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. You know what's so up about the What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.